this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Louise Werner, Director of Future Packaging at The Absolute Company, and Tim Silberman, Project Manager for Product Development at Poboco, which stands for the Paper Bottle Company. As you may know, Absolute is developing a paper bottle with Poboco, and today we're going to talk about Absolute's paper bottle and specifically its shelf life performance. Louise, Tim, welcome, and thank you both for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Lisa, for having us. Yes, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so Absolute is one of several beverage companies that are working on paper bottles. And um, we'd like to know a little bit more about the barrier performance analysis that uh, is behind the decision. So specifically, our assumption is that paper packaging doesn't have the same high barrier properties as some other packaging materials that um, you have been using, are still using. Uh, first, I have to ask, is that correct? Yes, I think definitely. If I start off from, from our point of view, going into this partnership together with Paboco, uh, we can start off by saying that we we didn't really know what the barrier performance would be, uh, but we had been looking at fiber technology for many years and really seeing such potential um, in this technology since it is the most, uh, what do you say, the most developed and the the highest kind of recycling rate globally for for paper. So we felt that this is really an area that we want to explore. And it was a it, it was long talks with uh, with Paboco that was not even named Paboco at that time, uh, but uh, we we met Paboco through the Swedish forestry company Billerud Koshnes, yes. and going into it just to start off from from to set the scene since this is really a deep dive into the barrier performance. Yes, starting from as a spirit company, I mean we have mainly gloss in our in our packaging portfolio and that's true for Ricard as well across the board i mean it's mainly gloss packaging and it is a fantastic and material for our product because it yes. is you know for and for absolute vodka is a dissolvent pretty much i mean it's <laughs> it's a tough tough and product. that was that was your parent company uh, Pernod Ricard. Yes, exactly. I just wanted we to are, explain that. Okay. Of, uh, the Pernod Ricard group, exactly. Okay. And uh, and we are looking at this partnership from a group perspective as well. We see great potential for many many brands in our portfolio. And so the kind of the, the starting point for us was that we see this as a great complement to our packaging portfolio. We did not have the expectation that the the shelf life would be the same. I mean, we don't even have a shelf life on our glass bottles. It's infinite. There is no shelf life. One of the benefits of uh, glass packaging. Exactly. But, of course, you have to put that into context. 
So glass is a fantastic material. If you're buying our products and they might be standing on shelves in our consumers' homes for years. But there are other contexts where maybe you're going out with friends, you're going to a party, you're doing cocktails for you know, a group of friends, and then you don't have that same need for shelf life that is infinite. So we felt that we wanted to explore uh, packaging from a completely different point of view that has uh, you know, a completely different um, value proposal. I mean, paper is tactile, it's beautiful, it's authentic, it's light, um, and it has, you know, a, a great, um, it also has a good carbon footprint. Yes. That was so our starting point. That's very interesting that you're thinking of the usage occasion as yeah. a um, part of the marketing message, if I could be so bold as to say that for this particular packaging format. That's um, a pretty amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. It's also interesting to see it from a system point of view. I might be going off too much now. On no, 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 not at all. Not I at think all. it's just interesting to start off the conversation on barrier performance and shelf life expectations to say, how will we use the packaging? So I also see great potential to use a paper bottle to um, as an e-com format so we could have you know paper bottles and then maybe you have your glass bottle at home that you personalized and that really feels like an extension of of you as a consumer and that you can then refill for example from the paper bottle um, using the paper bottle maybe as a refill that is Mm. again a very interesting concept so that was our starting point. And then I think I can leave, hand over to Tim to give more kind of the where you are with the barrier development, because it is a development. Lisa, should we talk about the different generations and kind of the the journey that we're on in this project? Or Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a little bit from Paboko's uh, perspective or how how have we approached this project, not only with the Absolute company, but also with the other pioneers we're working with, Carlsberg and Procter, L'Oreal, the Coca-Cola company. Um, very open innovation approach, actually, and a step-by-step journey, uh, um, as we like to say it. We, are, we have started with this first generation of the paper bottle that can also be seen here behind uh, Louise uh, in the background. Yes. And that has basically um, yeah, been shared and publicized a, a lot and talked about a lot. Um, starting with making the paper bottle, applying a uh, barrier from recycled uh, PET, and then actually looking into how does this barrier perform um, or this packaging perform for um, the products our pioneers would like to um, see this win and work uh, here. Again, like we said, what is the potential market? What can be a potential product and how does it, be, uh, how does it behave? To look for a good packaging to product fit. Okay, um, Tim, could I ask you in early uh, um, promotions about this uh, development, mm. The prototypes were 57% paper and 43% plastic. Is that still um, the generation that you're working on now? Or do you mind giving us just a little bit more insight? As we talk about barrier performance, it's helpful to know what the structure of the package is. 
Yes. So for generation one, um, that is that is the case roughly. Of course, it always depends a little bit on how much can we reduce the um, the plastic content from the existing packaging, for example, uh, based on design, are there limitations or um, other performance indicators we need to hit? Yeah. But it's a good, let's say around 70% paper fibers to 30% uh, plastic content. Um, the generation that we are now working on, our next generation of the bottle, we reduce that drastically down to, let's say, around 10 to 15 percent. Um, oh, however, 10 to 15 percent plastic. Plastic, yes, yes. of course. Thank uh, you. Uh, maximizing fiber content. Um, however, we also don't like to, or we try to avoid um, actually, it gives a good understanding, but we want to avoid talking about percentages uh, very much sure. because that can easily be tweaked. For example, yes. if we would make a 500 gram heavy paper part that it actually doesn't need percentage wise, that would be amazing with a thin coating. But we want to actually give the packaging the um, the weight that it needs um, and not more. But this is roughly where we, where we net out. So we have a huge potential and minimizing plastic, maximizing, maximizing fiber content. Okay, and in addition to that, do I also understand that there's recycled content within those layers? Um, for generation one, yes, we used 100% recycled PT, uh, post-consumer recycled PT. For the next generation, um, we have not yet used recycled content because, again, prototype to um, scaling up process at the moment. And um, uh, yes, potentially that could be but um, as the material that we're using now, there's not so much recycled uh, material on the market. The yes. fiber itself is virgin always. Um, that has to do on the one side with um, traceability for the FSC marking for, stu yes. uh, for stewardship council. So yes. uh, sustainable forestry and uh, overall limitations on what, what recycled paper can be used for food packaging actually. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for um, explaining all of that. So um, could you tell us uh, what are some of the shelf life considerations of moving from, as you were saying, Louise, the vast majority of the products are in, gla uh, products are in glass. Um, so what are some of those shelf life considerations from glass to this uh, paper bottle? And um, the version that you're working on now is no longer the prototype. This is the commercial version. Uh, yes, you could say that that this the bottle that we have shown before has then the next step for us is to put that on on a shelf, basically, to, to sell it to our consumers. And that will okay. be the, the same version. And then the next step uh, will be the... Uh, where, where there is the maximized fiber content and minimal uh, liquid barrier, which is in plastic, and that will be pretty much a year after. But we are looking to put this this version on shelves uh, in 2023. How exciting! That's, yes, um, it is. It's very you know, exciting. I know we're still just in first quarter for 2022, but yeah. 2022 is just speeding right by. So before you know it, we'll be in, in uh, 2023. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that's also an interesting conversation around 
how we need to educate our consumers because this is the first time ever that we've had plastic in a packaging from Absolute's point of view. So that's also where we need to kind of show our consumers the journey that we're on and uh, and why we believe that this packaging is really, you know, something that will really contribute both to our planet, but also to them, you know, to consumers' delight when using our products. Okay, um, so let's explore that just a little bit more. Is there going to be, and I know you've got a lot of information on the website, uh, but is there going to be some on-pack messaging to explain um, the paper bottle? And again, you know, as we're uh, focusing here on the shelf life, they kind of need to know that this is not one of, you know, if it's not glass, it's not uh, an infinite shelf life. So how are you going to be communicating all of that to the consumer? That's that's a very interesting question. And I, that's, for example, the mixed, uh, absolute mix, which is a ready-to-serve cocktail. There the shelf life is, you know, there is a defined shelf life. And I think it's a year uh, on, the, on these products or even less. Now I'm not completely sure, but it's a, let's say it's around a year. Okay. And um, so there we kind of have a different starting point. And I think were we to explore for our original, absolute vodka original, then I, a natural step, for example, would be to have a smaller packaging size than we usually, like our standard size is 700 ml. Uh, actually, not in the US, it's 750, right? But yes. in Europe, it's so it's a bit different, but around 700 uh, or a liter. And uh, there, for example, it would feel more natural to start with a smaller packaging size and to communicate that this is more a convenient packaging proposal. This is more for when you're going to a party with friends, you know, and so on. And that fits perfectly with them using it faster as well. If they don't have as much volume of product, hopefully they'll go through it faster. And, you know, that is kind of like a intuitive way of communicating a shorter shelf life. Yeah. At least to me, it just makes total sense. So, as as um, long as they drink responsibly. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so that, that's also, but it is, you know, it's something that we're very, very aware about because we are putting vodka in this bottle. So, I mean, we have to be very aware that uh, the packaging size and also the communication is very clear to our consumers. Okay. And was the plan all along to start the commercialization of the paper bottle with the absolute mixed yes. product line? We, we've always had parallel tracks. So we've always looked at the paper bottle and, you know, the, for mix, for example, we don't have it in that many markets and, you know, it's not a large uh, SKU for us. Not so yet. therefore, we, we've always, you know, looked to that we are, we want to, our goal is, of course, to do this for our hero product. So for our Absolute Vodka original uh, but we felt that it was a really great starting point, both due to the fact that the alcohol level is lower. So it's 4 point, uh, is it 375 or around 4% uh, ABV. So it's much, much lower in alcohol content. And also we had a very flexible filling line in uh, within the Pernod Ricard network. So that was actually a large um 
um, contributing factor why we chose mixed because we knew where we could bottle it in a very flexible way because you can imagine that the the filling lines for absolute vodka where we i think fill 600 or 700,000 bottles per day that's a completely different setup you know it's it's yeah. it's huge i mean everything is so high tech and so uh, automated and so on so we felt that to do this on a different filling line where we had them mixed that was uh, a better starting point for us yes um that makes total sense uh, again through the business lens of mm. making this all work yep. and you know one thing that I, I am hearing from several people in the industry is that uh, there are a number of brands who are switching to paper, uh, primarily for the environmental um, advantages that they feel that gives them because it's more recyclable, um, especially compared to maybe a plastic package. Mm -hmm. um, but what they're finding is uh, on high-speed packaging lines, the paper, you know, there's a different coefficient of friction between a paper package and let's say a, a plastic and or glass package, which is a, a lot, uh, can I use the word slicker maybe? Yeah. <laughs> um, and runs a lot faster on the packaging line. So um, that, uh, you know, consideration that you had on the, the brand and the uh, facility that it's all gonna run on, uh, very smart, uh, very smart from a, a, a business point of view. Yeah, but it felt important to even though we are still in the stage where we are taking baby steps, that we wanted it to be on a proper filling line. Yes. So that was important to us to really get a proof of concept that you can fill the, a paper bottle on a filling line. Okay. And we have, even though it, it's we've had bumps in the road. Let's let's be honest about that. But I mean, I'm quite amazed at how well it's gone. You know. Yes exactly from the reasons that you started off saying. Okay, you know, it would be interesting to hear about the uh, production aspect of all of this, but maybe we'll come back mm. to that yep. once the sure. product is commercialized in uh, 2023 and you have some, uh, you know, experience in running this on the line. So, exactly. um, wonderful. Uh, before we hear more about the shelf life research of Absolute's paper bottle, let's take just a short break for a special message. Lisa Pierce here, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest. I'd like to invite you to the upcoming Westpac in-person event in Anaheim, California, April 12th through the 14th. Held at the Anaheim Convention Center, Westpac serves the entire packaging community, from design engineers to distribution leaders. The event helps packaging professionals find creative solutions and efficient automation systems. Sign up today at westpacshow.com. Now let's get back to our Packaging Possibilities podcast. Okay, Louise, let's uh, finish, and Tim, um, let's finish up with um, one last question, very specific about the 
research that you guys have been doing into the shelf life of the paper bottle and um, what kind of research have you been doing and what are the results of that re research? What's it? What has it been showing? So we've done stability testing on okay. uh, on mixed, which is a sparkling uh, sparkling ready to drink cocktail with a four percent ABV, and also our original absolute vodka, which is uh, roughly forty percent uh, ABV. And um, we tested with RPT, with the PEM, with the, Tim, what else did we do? Yeah, <laughs> PF. PF, exactly, PEF. Because uh, that's also, so that's also you, a, a large part of this product, of course, is to, to find a good um, bio-based barrier. Okay. Uh, however, PEF is right now a bit challenging because the supply isn't really what what we would need it to be to, to explore it fully. So that's what we've done for this first generation. Then for the second generation where we completely actually change the technology. So we go from blowing the plastic inside the bottle to coating the bottle. And that's how you can reduce drastically the amount of barrier material and also get um, the paper the paper neck that you may be seeing. Have we sent you, Lisa, the, there's a little video that just came out that shows the next generation. We'll share that with you. Okay, wonderful. And I'll include the link um, on the page. Yeah. So, uh, so we've mainly been working on the first generation. We're just starting to work on the second generation and the barrier materials will be different since in, for the first generation, they need to be um, flexible so that you can blow them into the bottle. Whereas for the next generation, we don't no longer have that consideration. So we'll have a larger, larger palette to choose from, which will be exciting. Uh, but for our products, the, the PEN material has been the most successful. So that's where we've seen uh, good stability results. Okay, and if I recall, this is going back a ways, mm. but I do recall that the cost of PEN is significantly higher though of PET um, and maybe some of the other, and as you're talking about these plastics, you're talking about just the liner within it. Yeah. Um, when you're doing the stability tests, are you doing it actually in the the liner already inside the paper bottle so you do have yes. the the full um uh structure of the package yes. okay yeah so we, we've been doing it in exactly the bottle uh that's on the picture there and um and but for to confirm results for our absolute vodka we would want to do a proper paper bottle prototype, of course, to have, you know, the, the same closure, you know, exactly the same conditions. Mm -hmm. So and that's the you, work we're starting now. <laughs> okay. And are you doing real-time um, stability tests or are you doing some accelerated aging tests? Uh, do you mind talking a little bit more about the tests that you're, the actual tests that you're doing? Yeah, so they're, they're being done both in room temperature and then at more extreme conditions. Okay. So two different temperatures. So I think I don't have exactly, don't remember now. I think it's maybe 35 degrees or 40 degrees, but, you know, a higher temperature. And then even higher than that. So more extreme as well. 
Okay, and Louise, um, Absolute is the one who is doing these stability tests? Yes, we have all that okay. in-house. We have a fantastic R&D facility in uh, in Aarhus where the with, where all the absolute vodka is uh, produced so it's a one source concept where everything is both um, distilled and filled at the same the small little village that has 19,000 inhabitants in Sweden <laughs> yeah no it's a wonderful. beautiful story yeah wonderful um tim is there anything uh from your point of view as far as the uh, shelf life testing goes that you'd like to share yes um maybe then just to touch upon and, and go a little bit deeper on what louise said um it's for us important so we come up with a solution basically and have of course also done studies for us with um, just basic simulants water etc but it's this is why we chose to partner with our pioneers to actually test their product because they know their product best so they can tell us also what do they need and and where can we go and it's very fascinating actually that when looking at barrier performance uh, especially now for example for the absolute company that with the glass bottle and an infinite shelf life and well nothing goes bad um since we are now a little bit uh, like we are separating the packaging performance, like stability design that is put all to the paper, wonderful material, strong, durable, and nicely shapeable, and the barrier performance to actually just give the packaging the performance we actually need. We see this also with the other pioneers. A lot of packaging currently is on the market is actually, let's say, over-engineered. Because, of course, we have maybe a mono material and you want to have it withstand drop tests, top load. Um, you want to feel it a certain way, a haptic feedback, and that goes with weight. And that gives a certain barrier, um, which might not even be needed. And we have this unique opportunity to actually say, well, we only give it what it actually needs. Um, again, product and use case into consideration. Um, but it helps us overall as well in, in making the packaging as efficient and as sustainable as possible. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I had a conversation with another gentleman, uh, specifically we were talking about sustainability and this is Bob Lillianfeld. Um, he's been a uh, packaging sustainability guru for decades and decades. And um, we were just talking a little bit about, you know, maybe what some of the changes are, the, the broad um, overview changes um, might be because of uh, the consumer's new reality uh, after COVID. And one of the things that we came up with was exactly what you talk about here, Tim, is that um, most food and beverage companies had the idea that um, they never had enough barrier. It, they were always interested in hearing about new materials or new structures and you know how it's gonna increase their barrier. So that gives them the flexibility of uh, storage and distribution and all of that from a business case, as well as still uh, delighting the customer with a quality product that goes without saying, but um, he and I both had a similar um, similar thought that if we can educate consumers, if that's the right word, and I think they're learning a little bit of this on their own, 
um, that if you've got a product and you're going to consume it in a month, you don't need to over-engineer, as you've already said, the package. And um, I'm so glad that brands are maybe using that as a base for packaging development these days. And, um, you know, fingers crossed that the consumers uh, understand that and, uh, you know, are, are on board with all of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting collaboration with the consumer because we all we all want this now. We all want meaningful change and uh, to create that at scale that that won't be achieved overnight. So we have to do these iterations. We have to take these steps. We have to work together. And I think that's maybe one thing that would also that I always like to bring up is how we also share in the pioneer community. So we had some some great insights from Carlsberg where they were like, no, we'll share our stability results with you. So, you know, wonderful. I, yeah. So it's been really nice. And and we've shared other things. So, so it's it's nice to see that it's not just, you know, a pioneer community on paper, but that we've actually we are in different in completely different industries. And I think that makes sense. That's a good thing, of course. Yes. Um, but that's, I think, really the future of uh, is partnerships and creating these meaningful partnerships where you can share so that you can advance the technology that we can really create that that impact. Yes, and as you mentioned, it does take time uh, to do this development, but you are well along the path <laughs> to get there uh, for 2023 commercialization. How exciting. Yep. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we finish up? I don't think so. Just thank you for having us. We, we both uh, Tim and I were. This is like our baby, you know. So yeah. we, we we love to talk about the paper <laughs> bottle. So we could go on for hours. I think to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, it'll be uh, it, it'll be um, fascinating to see your baby. The, when the baby announcement comes out. <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> Louise, Tim, thank you so much for your time and for talking with us about this uh, amazing development. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you.